So we're continuing our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, And this prayer, as I've said, is a framework to guide us in our prayers as disciples. And having implemented it myself, I'm finding it extremely helpful. So I encourage you to do the same. And at the end of this sermon series, I'll have um, a printout for you where uh, it, it will guide us on how to do that. Remember, William Barclay said, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to bring the whole of our life to the whole of God and to bring the whole of God to the whole of our life. I find that so helpful and I'm going to repeat that every week because that's ultimately what Jesus is asking us to do, isn't it? In part one, we thought about our Father in heaven and we were reminded that our Father in heaven is loving and good. In part two, we thought about hallowed be your name and we were reminded that our Father is holy and powerful and we must honour him. And today we'll be thinking about your kingdom come and considering what that really means. To be honest with you, there could be numerous sermon series on this biblical text. There are numerous angles we could take. But this is what I felt the Lord wanted to share today. So this is what you've got. Is that all right? In the early years of my faith as a follower of Jesus, there was something I was afraid of. I had a lot of passion for Jesus, but there was something I was afraid of. Something that filled me with terror. What was it? Well, it was the thought of missing God's will for my life. Missing it. Have you ever worried about that? Or is it just me? Just me? No, not just me. That's good. (laughs) That's good. So I'd worried about missing God's plan for my life. uh, When in reality, his will for my life was staring me in the face the whole time. Firstly, God's will for my life was to be found by our loving Father. Secondly, it was respond to his love by obeying his commandments to love him and to love people. The great commandment. And thirdly, it was to tell others that God loved them and wants a relationship with them. The Great Commission. All meaningful relationships require commitment from us, don't they? And so does our Father in heaven. He simply wanted my love and trust. And that's all he wants from us today. All the other details about what to do with my time, my interests, my gifting, will follow as I simply learn to trust the goodwill and the good plans and purposes that God has for me and for us. As we read the Gospels, it is evident that when Jesus emerged in history, he came preaching about the good news of the kingdom of God. The apostle and doctor Luke records that Jesus went through the cities and villages, preaching the Gospel and showing people the power of God's kingdom. So what did Jesus mean by the phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done? When Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God, he spoke about it in three different ways. 
He spoke about the past, present, and future. The kingdom of God reaches right back to the beginning of history, prehistory. He promised that the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will feast in the kingdom of heaven with people from across time and with future generations. The kingdom of God was a historic reality. Jesus then told his disciples that the kingdom of God is among you, among you. Jesus himself personified the kingdom of God because he completely revealed what our father is like by his very life and by the way he loved people. The kingdom of God had arrived in Jesus and is present here today. It's a present reality for us because Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The kingdom of God is a present reality for us today. In the prayer Jesus gave us, he repeated a common characteristic in Hebrew literature, which is known as parallelism. The Hebrew authors in scripture would often say something twice, just in case maybe we didn't understand it the first time. Something is said in one way, and then it's said again in another way, which repeats or amplifies or explains the first sentence. The Psalms are a classic example of this parallelism in action. Here is an example. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Do you see? The second sentence explains and affirms the first. Jesus is expressing this pattern here in the prayer when he said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom coming means God's will happening among us. Here today, here now, but also in the future. William Barclay argued that the kingdom of God is a society upon earth where God's will is perfectly done as it is in heaven. We would all agree that the world is far, far, far from being a place that we would describe as being heavenly, where God's will is perfectly exercised And so Jesus urges us to pray for its arrival, to pray for its coming. Pray for God's kingdom to come. The consummation of the kingdom is still in the future, something that is yet to happen. Our Father promises he's going to make everything right. But until that moment, we must continually pray for the love of our Father to fall in this broken and hurting world. The kingdom of God is a future reality. The kingdom of God is not exclusively assigned to the patriarchs, to the disciples, or to the religious elite. But the kingdom of God involves everyone, all of us, and it's deeply personal. Bringing the kingdom of God demands the submission of my will, my heart, and my life. Bringing the kingdom of God requires that of you. The submission of your will, your heart, and your life. When we make the personal decision 
to submit to the will of our Father, that is when the glorious kingdom breaks out from heaven and reaches earth. The kingdom is here. It's here. Kingdom coming is Christ's reign in our hearts, in the world. Brothers and sisters, wake up. Wake up. The kingdom of heaven is here, now. And God has chosen you, each one of you, to accomplish his will on earth. He's invited you and me to be a part of his plans and purposes. When we pray your kingdom come, your will be done, we are offering ourselves as servants of Christ and asking for his help and guidance and the means to accomplish his purposes. If you want to see God's kingdom come, do you want to see it? I do. If you want to see God's kingdom come, be aware it already has come and it's living inside you. If you want to pray a dangerous prayer, then pray this. Father, revive your church, beginning with me. Bring your kingdom, Father, beginning with me. My argument is that to pray for the coming of the kingdom of God, we must be willing to submit our will entirely to the will of our Father, who knows best. We live with the tension of the kingdom of God that did come, has come, and is yet to come. Keep praying. Have you ever been on a spiritual high? I have. Where you experience the love of the Father, tangibly, and you felt close to Jesus, and you wanted to follow him. And have you noticed that in those times, it's far, far easier to pray, Father, your will be done in my life. But in times when things are extremely challenging, and when we don't feel close to God, it's much more difficult to genuinely mean that prayer. As disciples of Jesus, it's really important that we obey the will of God. Maybe some of you have been a Christian for some time, and when you pray, your will be done, you say it out of duty, but with a defeated resignation, either lacking belief in the power of God to transform things, or because of your overwhelming sense of the inescapable power of God, and it makes you feel redundant. Maybe you pray your will be done with a tone that carries bitter resentments. Because in the hardest moments of your life, 
God felt far away. God felt far away. And you're disappointed. You're hurt. Or maybe things are not working out as you had hoped or as you had planned. And your dreams for your life and God's will for your life seem to be two different things altogether. However, there are some followers of Jesus who do wholeheartedly pray your will be done in perfect love and trust. Maybe you find it easy to pray that prayer. You say it willingly and with conviction because no matter what his will may be, you trust wholeheartedly in the love of our Father. I don't know where you are today, but I would encourage you to pray. Pray to your Father that his will be done in your life because he only has good for you. For many years, I thought God's will for my life was to become a priest in the Church of England. I had this call confirmed by others and even by the Diocese of Bristol. And so went, I went for my three-day panel called a Bishop's Advisory Panel. At my panel, although the assessors recognised a call, they said no. To be honest with you, I felt completely devastated. I actually felt depressed and started to question whether I had heard the Lord correctly or not. Ultimately, I think I lacked church leadership experience. At the time, I was studying at a theological college in Bristol for a degree in theology, mission and ministry. And 90% of the students there were Anglican ordinands who had been accepted for training. The church had said yes to them, but they had said no to me. But for the remaining years of my study, it felt difficult being at college because I felt like an outsider and like everybody else was acceptable except for me. And I can honestly say it felt like I was carrying my cross every day. After that, I was put in touch with a lovely doctor in theology called Mary who helped me to recognize the positive aspects of my report and who worked with me to bring healing in my life. And I was gearing up to go forward again for another panel. I'm a glutton for punishment. And during that, I actually got offered a job in the Methodist church and I took it and I became a pastor in the Methodist church. And that completely changed the direction of my life. Why am I sharing that with you? Our lives may not always be as we imagined them to be. But the will of our Father is to do good to us and help us on our journey to fulfill his call on our life. He wants to fulfill his call in you. He wants to use you as an instrument of his love to a broken and hurting world. Do you hear the call and do you respond 
as disciples of Jesus, we can be certain of the wisdom of our Father. Sometimes when we want something built, altered, or repaired, we take it to a professional builder, specialist, or craftsman, or craftswoman, to consult them about it. And after their suggestions, we often end up saying, do what you think is best. You're the expert. In a similar way, God is the expert with our lives. And his guidance will never, never lead us astray. We can trust in our Father in heaven who loves us. Have you heard of Richard Cameron? Can I just check? Have you all eaten? If you uh, get queasy, then uh, please leave now. Have you heard of Richard Cameron, who lived in the 1600s? He was a Scottish covenanter. Covenanters resisted the theory and practice of the divine power of the monarchy over the church. Covenanters were heavily persecuted. And when he was captured and killed, his head and his hands were cut off and taken to his father in Edinburgh, who was imprisoned for also being a covenanter. The state, the authorities, took the head and the hands of Richard Cameron to his father in prison to confirm his identity, but maybe also in order to inflict grief in the father's heart. When the father took his son's head and hands, he kissed them and he said, I know them, I know them. They are my sons, my own dear sons. It is the Lord. Good is the will of the Lord who cannot wrong me or mine but has made goodness and mercy follow us all our days. I'm pretty certain my response would not be the same. I cannot imagine anything worse than a parent losing a child. Can you? When reading the story, I was struck, struck by how the father could speak like that in such tragic circumstances, absolutely convinced that his life was completely in the hands of the wisdom and love of God. When we have that level of conviction, despite terrible things happening, we can trust in the will of our Father. In no way, in no way am I suggesting that what happened to Richard Cameron and his father was good. But it does reveal the mindset of the father, that he had an eternal perspective. He knew his grief and pain was momentary. Compared with the eternal joy and the reuniting with his son that awaited him, he had the Father's perspective on his life and he trusted in the Father. 
This story reminds me of God, our Father, who brought forth the kingdom when he sent his son, Jesus, and the immense grief he experienced when he watched his beloved son and the way he was treated. The father was grieved by what the son experienced. The son was tortured and executed. But they were committed to fulfilling the divine plan to save humankind, to save you and to save me. They were unrelenting in their commitment to the divine plan. And Jesus, as we know, Jesus rose again. And he takes us with him. There is no death. There is eternal life. Amen. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, your will be done as it is in heaven. Ultimately, he was saying this. Surrender. Surrender. Can you surrender your life today? Because God is asking you to surrender. He was encouraging them to surrender their will to God's perfect will. The minister and author Peter Scazzero says this, prayer is an invitation to surrender control of our lives, to practice letting go, moment by moment, of the illusion that we are the center of the universe. We're not. We're not. In his book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, Peter Scazzero invites the readers to imagine themselves on a river that is God's love. Rather than resisting surrender and trying to swim against the current, say yes, say yes to the flow of God's love, allowing him to carry you wherever he wills and wherever that may take you. Let me conclude. I want to remind us of the Apostle Paul's words to us in his epistle to the Roman church. Since our father did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? And in 1 Corinthians, Paul said, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. The Father's will for your life is that you know him more and more. Relationship. Relationship. He wants you to experience his love and grow into the image and likeness of his son, Jesus. No one, no one can look at the cross and doubt the love of God. And when we are sure of the love of God, when we are convinced of the love of God, it becomes easy to say, your will be done. 
Father, your will be done. Because we know, we know the Father will never abandon us. He loves us. I want to share these encouraging words from the prophet Isaiah, which were then reiterated later by the Apostle Paul. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. What does it mean for us to pray your kingdom come? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It means trusting in the love and wisdom of our Father, who will never, never abandon us. And He will help you to fulfill His plans for your life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to trust in your love and your wisdom for our lives. Help us to be able to truly pray, your will be done. Help us, Lord, as we surrender to you to bring your kingdom here to earth because you want to use us to share your love with others and reveal what you are like. Help us to know that today. Holy Spirit, fill us up with more of who you are, more of who you are, in Jesus' name, amen.